0: Hello, I'm Mallory Rubin, and I'm Van Lathan. Check out the Ringerverse podcast from the Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify. I'm not even going to do an intro today. You are. That's that's the catfish. You're trying... <laughs> I'm not going to get caught. Hello, and welcome back to the Studio Podcast and Ringer SC. I'm Musa Kwonga.
1: I'm Ryan, Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks, man. How are you? Very
0: well, thanks. Good weekend? Yes, I'm feeling happy and fuel efficient today. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Not a wasted word for me today. Oh, really? Ah, wow. Ah. No, I'm just, yeah, I'm a new man. Oh, wow. Wow.
1: <laughs> love this. Yeah. Musa's past completion percentage has just rocketed. <laughs> <laughs> not bad for a pass for a striker. They're not bad at all. Should we do some admin quick? Let's do it. Hope everyone's staying safe and well. Getting vaccinated if you can. Second of all, ringer.com forward slash soccer. Some pieces are going to start coming through on the site very soon now that football's back in action or club, men's club football is back in action in Europe. Wright's house on Wednesday. Mayoa making his debut. I'm going to be joining him and Righty on Wednesday. We're going to talk about Tammy's debut for Roma. Yeah. Really impressive. Stanley Maltros players on Spotify. Don't forget to check that if you want to follow all the music we play out with each episode. And while we're on the admin, I wanted to give a shout out to our good friends at Caricom. So for those who don't know, Caricom, the magazine that explores football and broader culture through the black lens. The first two Caricom issues were unbelievable. Yeah, You had an essay in one of them? Did Indeed. Very proud of that. Caricom 3 is dropping soon, but it's not a print issue. It's, uh, it's a narrative-driven multimedia project called The Island. And it's so good, man. Honestly. It's one of
0: the best creative projects I've seen in a while. It's yeah,
1: brilliant. It's like, brilliant. Very, very, very good. So a load of individual things that people can engage with. Audiobook, some visual art, non-mass product selection. So like, there's like merch. It's all based around a fictional conceptual island. All I can say is just people need to check it out. Because it's amazing. There's actually a trailer for it. It's like a yeah. 50
0: second trailer. And he sent to me the other day, and it, I'm still thinking about it. It blew me away. The, with the world. Yeah. I was like, mm. oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so basically. <laughs> that, man's, that man's mind, honestly. Yeah. I, I mean, Caricom
1: do not miss. Like, do not miss. So go to caricom.uk, carico muk The only way to kind of see this or experience it before anyone else is to sign up by the site. Go to the island. Yeah, so go to caracom.uk. Go and check it out. We highly recommend it. We've been lucky enough to kind of see it in production. Yeah. And uh, yeah, shouts to Callum Jacobs. Absolute Don over at Caracom. A creative genius. He really is, man. He yeah, really is. He is. That boy. He is. Um, anyway, today, on to Stadio. So we're going to do Arsenal-Chelsea first and then quickly round up some of the other Premier League stuff. Uh, we'll do Nice-Marseille. And part two, we'll also do La Liga. And then we'll touch on the Serie A's return and a little tiny, tiny bit of the Bundesliga. And then we'll bounce. So let's get into it after this.
2: This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All
1: right, man, let's go to Arsenal-Chelsea. Hmm. Hmm. A couple of people are asking whether it was a statement win. I said it was not. I do not believe that the Champions of Europe beating a side away from home 2-0 that finished 8th in the Premier League last season is a statement victory.
0: It wasn't a statement victory, it was a state victory of the Premier League victory. It was, exact, it was a status quo victory. Ooh, okay, okay. It was status quo. State of the Union. State of the Union, exactly. state of the union address. State of the union. It was a state. Actually, you know what? It was a state of the Union in the sense that it's, exa- it's just exactly where both clubs should be. Like in terms of the, like, the style of victory, the margin of victory, all of it, I just felt like this was exactly the performance and result or the kind of performance and result that I was expecting prior to the game. And I don't even know, it's painful as an Arsenal fan to experience it because it's a reminder of how far Arsenal have to go. But in terms of the actual output of the game, this should not be a vast surprise.
1: Not at all. The only tweet I really wrote during the game was that, I'm not going to lie, this isn't fun. Because it's it's not. not. And that's an awareness of actually, it's probably going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. Mm. And That's because Arsenal got to face Manchester City next in the league. Yeah, brutal. However, there are some caveats from an Arsenal point of view and I'll get them out of the way very quickly before we move on to Chelsea because I think they deserve the bulk of the praise here. And that is that number of players still missing. Yes. Number of signings. Well, uh, Odegaard still to come into the squad, come into the starting 11, which he will do. COVID cases, injuries, etc, cetera, et cetera. However, I do still think that there are, there are problems there that are there in addition to all of those things, which I think are completely man-made. I mean, one of the things that I was really, 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 really frightened about was obviously Lukaku being back, because we're actually fans of Timo Werner. We're big fans of Timo Werner on this podcast. Yeah. However, imagine being the champions of Europe and then adding Romelu Lukaku to that attack. It's wild. And I really, really feared for Arsenal because Ben White was was ill. Rob Holding came in with Pablo Mari, who I don't think is convinced during his time at Arsenal at all. Pablo Mari, no. I was quite surprised that Arsenal actually lined up with a back four, considering all that was coming at them.
0: Yeah, everyone knows what Chelsea are. Everyone knows what Chelsea are.
1: So it's took Romelu Lukaku what fourteen, fifteen minutes, less than just under fifteen minutes to get his first goal on return to Chelsea, and what a goal it was actually, because he was linking. He was really heavily involved in the move before getting into the box and getting on the end of it. Yeah. To be honest, this is a different Lukaku, who's come it's back very to the different. Premier League.
0: Yeah, yeah, very different. It's like Bruce Wayne when he got back from his training. It's, it's, it's like that. Like his every, even the shape, he's lean. He's focused. He's hungry. Even his goal celebration, this man put his finger to his lips afterwards, like he's looking for. He's he's really locked in and in like, look, Arsenal weren't the strongest the other day, but he was still like, yeah, London is on his Instagram, like London is blue. Like he is here. He means business. To win. To see, yeah, absolutely. And the link, the, the reason this goal is frightening for people in the Premier League is it's a standard goal. You know, the City goal we talk about where they square it, cross it and Lukaku going to score a few goals at the end of this season. Hmm. You know, and it brought together all his key skills and everything that Chelsea do so well, the quick ball movement, the, the quick movement of players, the outstanding movement. In fact, both goals Chelsea scored were actually like that. Rapid mm. switches and then scoring from what, like three yards out after losing his man. It, all of this, this was a worrying goal. And I said this, a Lukaku, a, a Lukaku tap-in was the most feared outcome prior to this game because it shows that Chelsea stretched you and pulled you apart. And like, they won the game 2-0. They were 2-0 up after 35 minutes and they kind of just put on their sweatpants after that. Yeah. Yeah, they knew. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and, but then if you look at the breakdown of statistics in the game, normally in games like that you kind of see the stats kind of start to balance out a little bit. But they just didn't at all. Chelsea had 65% possession, 2.9 expected goals to 0.34 from Arsenal, 22 shots to 6, 574 accurate passes to 266 from Arsenal. In every single aspect, they absolutely torched Arsenal. Yep. The golf is just too big. Way, yeah, way, yeah. way too big.
0: And it's painful for Arsenal because there's no reason why that shouldn't be Arsenal, in that position, given their fan base, given their resources. That there's, no, there's absolutely no reason given yeah. the base that Arsenal started from. So, you know, not, not, not to labour the point, but again, just the credit to Chelsea and they were exactly as good as we thought they'd be. And I have to say, this is the concern for Werner, as you're saying. With Mount and Havertz there behind Lukaku, that is your ironclad front three. And I think Pulisic, you know, Pulisic kind of
1: fell off because I think yeah, he was missing. For, I mean, yeah, Pulisic, Pulisic was missing Pulis- from co- for COVID.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Pulisic was a fine player, but the thing about him is his problem is he can't find space as well as Harvard's, because actually nobody can. <laughs> no one can find. There's really no one apart from maybe Thomas Mullen and a couple of others in Europe that can find space as well as Harvard's. And it's amazing how often a human being that big can become invisible. It's actually <laughs> remarkable. And then no one links like Mount. No one does what Mount does in that front three. You have a kind of, He's such an interesting player, Mason Mount, like a pressing wide forward slash eight slash 10 slash you know, just all these things that he does. So to break into that as a starter for Pulisic or Werner, because, you know, Pulisic is a very good player, but he's a little bit more of a soloist and Werner is wonderful at running into space. He will get his starts in certain games because there'll be some games where Tuchel will look at it and be like, actually what we need is a ferocious matter running in behind. But this is also a shout out to Kovacic because Kovacic has really stepped up to such a level. There was a point when Kovacic was struggling, but his progressive play, like his ability to shift ball through, his, his passing is more ambitious. He's kind of had a Rudiger type experience, mm. Kovacic, where he was relatively safe before um, Tuchel arrived. And I was slightly concerned for him because I felt like in a Tuchel team, do you have the dynamism to hold that spot alongside Jorginho? But it looks like absolute lockstep. And then you got Kante to come back. So it's, it's really interesting in terms of the hierarchy of midfield spots. I don't see where Werner, Werner and Pulisic all of a sudden with uh, the arrival of Lukaku are now thinking, must be thinking, this is, um, this is tight for us. And there's ZX still as well.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, three Chelsea substitutes, Angola, Kante, Hakim Ziyech and Timo Werner. You compare that to Arsenal's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang who was coming back from Covid stuff obviously uh, Nuno Tavash who I actually think is a good signing for Arsenal and um, yeah following Balogun
0: Penny for hudson O'Doy's thoughts but
1: these players will play it's a very long season as we've seen yeah. like people the squads will will be used Right, right. hudson O'Doy, Ben Chilwell Kurt Zuma's on the bench Thiago Silva's on the bench and Trevor Chalibur got dropped remember like very 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 unlucky to lose his place because he's been he, the two performances that he put in before that were excellent
0: right Ryan, I'm not not laughing because I'm not laughing at his plight, but I'm just laughing because it's so absurd. Has a footballer ever made so few mistakes and done so little to be dropped or not start every game as Ben Chilwell? Ben Chilwell just locks, he just locks down the entire- But this is a sign of
1: the quality that they've got He's behind Luke Shaw
0: at England level and he's done nothing wrong and he's behind Marcus Alonso. He's done. Chilwell's done nothing wrong.
1: I mean, we haven't even mentioned Reese James, who assisted for the first goal and scored the second. It was a lovely, lovely goal as well. But Kai Havertz dug this beautiful little ball out on the left-hand side to get the get to kind of really open everything up. And the yes. and the speed and the and the precision at which Chelsea exposed Arsenal from that point. Do you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember when Arsenal beat Man United three 0 at the Emirates? And oh, of Erzl, course, Erzl, just went and like Sanchez Infinity. just ran Sanchez. riot.
0: And the first 20 minutes is what some of the best football I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was unreal. Six was years unreal. ago, I think it was 20. No, it was 2016, I think. Yeah. Really wasn't that long ago. No. The way that Chelsea have done that under Tuchel already has been mind-blowing. Yeah. They continue to do it. It's like, I mean, Kai Harvest has got his back to, he's literally on the touchline, back to back to the play really he digs out a pass and all of a sudden Chelsea are away Yeah, and Arsenal have the numbers there but they end up with essentially a load of Chelsea players just like like for Lukaku's goal as well like Chelsea players just free
0: if you froze the game at the the moment when Rhys James receives the ball the entire right flank is almost barren apart from Chelsea players like they've dragged Arsenal all the way over so cleverly and then just like switched and opened them up so smart
1: watching it it made me feel like um like playing a game like red dead redemption or something like that when you can do this thing where you're you basically click a button and it's like you get um i can't remember the actual name of what it's called it's like but it slows everything yeah it slows everything down so that you can basically like shoot three or four baddies really quickly oh wow okay yeah but you you can still move the same so it's like
0: right right right
1: it was like arsenal had been like clicked and so, Chelsea yeah. were just kind of still going at normal speed because the, the fluidity at which they, the, the, the gap in, in terms of like how fluid and how sharp and how crisp Chelsea played to Arsenal was just like. It was amazing. Was, yeah, it wasn't a it was, surprise, yeah. but it's still staggering.
0: It was amazing. It was like watching. Um, do you know when you push two magnets apart <laughs> so they repel each other? And there's a kind of like invisible gap. And you, no matter what you do, you can't push them together. There was a gap between Lukaku and Mari at certain points of that, of that game where. Murray was either too tight, far too tight or not tight enough. And he never got, it was almost like the magnet was switching. So like McClarker was like, okay, the magnet's on. You're tight to me now. You're too tight to me. And then like he switched it and then it was like, you can't get any closer. And no matter how hard Murray tried at crucial points, he couldn't get close enough. And this is, you know, I don't want to criticize an individual player too much because when a, def- when a team struggles defensively, there are multiple failures, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone is conceding a yard here, a yard there. I and mean, then the cumulative effect normally comes to the centre-back. The, the centre-back looks like they're having a worse game than they actually are. So Mari wasn't great, but there were multiple problems for Arsenal. And even if you look at that team, look at it. Lokonga, Pepe, Martinelli. You know, Pepe's been there a while, but Pepe, you know, his, Pepe's challenges have been well-documented. But they're all, you know, this is a, this is a young team. It's a team that hasn't gelled. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a team of, it's a collection of players who Either at this point are not going to achieve their full potential. I think Pepe's in that, unfortunately. Pepe's a very talented player, but also I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think we're going to see that leap. And this, I say this for Anthony Martial. It's not me just being partisan. It's, I feel this about Anthony Martial as well. I think there comes a certain point when you're like, at this club, Pepe maybe could go somewhere else and be what he could be. There are players who their peak is not going to come at the club they're at. Um, and elsewhere in that side, the Arsenal side, if you look at it, player for player, I don't like to do this too much, but if you look at it, player for player. There's just a shortfall in terms of Chelsea. Just have better players, you know. Yeah, and that's not, and that, that's not, that's not, that's not. There's no shame on Arsenal in that. Just, they just got better players.
1: If you add Gabriel, Ben White, Thomas Partey into a starting yeah. eleven, and also Aubameyang and Erdogan looks very, very different.
0: This is the slight knock on Arteta. I will say this: Lukonga was really quite good. Um, You know, had a decent game considering, you know, all of it, you know, caveats, caveats. Saka and Smith-Rowe in patches did some pretty good things. You know, and Arsenal were quite good at winning. Weirdly enough, there's like the second ball, especially early on, they were good at winning from knockdowns or one-twos, like really fast. If you hammered the ball the only way you can really get the ball with Chelsea is to work the ball into their defence and work it out again. Like you can't go straight, you got directly, you have to like hammer the ball into feet, almost like in basketball, like a pick and roll, give and go. The give and go gave Arsenal limited joy. So there were, there were limited opportunities for Arsenal, but they were there. The knock on Arteta, I think has to be, it's not that a team is, the, you know, when, when Leeds, when Leeds get, here's the thing, when Leeds get beaten badly by other teams, there's a way that Leeds play where you're like, ultimately we'll come good. Right? So Leeds get absolutely blown away by United and the next week they go and they play Everton and they get the 2 all draw and everyone's like, okay, Leeds are back. The problem that Arsenal have is there's never a point when you're like, okay, Arsenal are back because you don't know what the plan is if that makes sense you don't know there's not a thing where you're like you know with BLC, you're like this is going to happen that's going to happen but ultimately leads will come through I, I never I have not had that feeling with Arsenal for months now unfortunately I haven't
1: had it for probably and since I, the I don't know I can't
0: remember yeah well kind of the early you know the early the green shoots we saw the green shoots at the beginning to be fair to Arteta but I don't see it with them Ryan I think I it don't... was
1: the smith rowe saka Erdogan behind Bamiyang thing that was the that was the last time I felt encouraged Arsenal are going to play Man City next. That is not, a, we'll come on to Man City in a little bit, but like that is not a game that Arsenal are expecting to win at all. No. It's the first time in Arsenal's entire history that they've, they've lost their two opening games of the season without scoring a goal. Where Arsenal are at the moment, Arsenal fans, if they don't adjust their expectations, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's, miserable. Going to be it's going to be miserable. It's, it's going, going to be miserable, for, to be miserable like, for
0: everyone. It's going to be miserable for them, for the players, for the Backroom staff, they have to adjust.
1: Yeah. And United I, had this. United went through this. Yeah. And it will get better. But at the moment, yeah. It, well, I hope it gets better, but it, it's not going to for a while. It's not going to. Arsenal all of a sudden aren't going to finish in the top four this season. If they do, it'll be unbelievable. But like, yeah. this is what I was kind of, I know it became a little bit of a joke last season with people saying, like, how's your Zen? How's your Zen? But the Zen thing, even though I kind of made a little bit of a, uh, made it a little bit silly in a way, it was coming from a serious place in terms of like a lot of people are still judging expectations of Arsenal through a Champions League gaze yeah. and they are a million miles away from that. So there is literally no point. We ha- The Arsenal fans have to readjust their, like the goal is sixth this season. Yes. That's the goal. And at the mm-hmm. moment, that goal is perfectly achievable at the moment because it's yeah. only two games into the season. So whilst it sucks, the Brentford game was a big one. Yeah, for sure. But like, Arsenal losing 2-0 to the European champions that is not a wild result Arsenal were really really poor yeah but Arsenal are unfortunately at the moment really really poor
0: I saw a reaction video the other day uh, and this guy was you know I slightly feared for him it was going to burst the blood vessel he was yeah like, I
1: saw that in the car oh,
0: Ars- I, I was just like Lukaku is one of the best centre forwards of the modern era Jorginho one of the best midfielders of the modern era Kante was on the bench like this is the level you're dealing with.
1: Yeah, you, did, you know, it's like you, elite and it's levels. Almost,
0: it's, almost, it's almost like I said, if you're going to get angry at this, you've got to pace yourselves. And I'm, I'm not trying to be harsh here. I say this is a United fan. We went through this. We were a laughing stock for years. You know what? Everyone, everyone rounded up and had a good old laugh. And do you know what? Fair play to them. Because frankly, United rubbed it in people's faces for a very long time. And there was, <laughs> the WhatsApp got very spicy when we would lose regularly. And I hate to say it, but it, it is what it is. You just got to, got to take the dry oatmeal
1: the thing like is though else. also people are going to get very very bored of taking the piss out of arsenal because it's going to happen a lot this season. i mean i will say as a united fan people did not get bored <laughs> different thing though they, do, different they, thing. Don't get bored. they don't get bored one key thing though which was a little bit like arsenal had their excuse penalty on saka oh my god how is that not a penalty i don't get it clear it's a penalty <laughs> yeah, yeah, I there's there's I Now I know that, that I know that yeah, they've yeah. changed the kind of um, what's the word the directive this season in terms of like um, not all contact is a penalty and uh, kind of uh, uh, assessing how much contact. Yeah. Is. And I think that's fair. I think I think it's going to piss a few people off this season. There's going to be some contentious calls, but this was totally different. This was it was this so was clear. That I actually penalty. laughed. I actually
0: laughed. It was so clear. That I actually laughed. To me, it was so clear a penalty. It's almost like if you had to present an example of how someone wins a penalty when running at speed into the box. I'd expect them to show me a video of that penalty. Like
1: That's the definition of a penalty. <laughs> Put it this way, if Arsenal got back to 2-1, the way that they've been playing over the last 18 months, I'm not even convinced they would have registered another shot on target for the rest of the game.
0: And they could have conceded another two because you it know really what? They really could have, yeah. would have been furious. You know what Tookle's happiest about with all of this? The clean sheet. Yeah. He's happiest of all, all the things he's happy mm. with the two clean sheets because the two clean sheets, when Wolves, he came out of the Wolves game talking about match control. Mm. And bull recoveries and I was like, Tuchel loves that. He mm. loves the clean sheet because that builds an aura because this is the thing. The longer you have the clean sheet, everyone gets afraid because how do you score against Chelsea? Nobody's done it. Mm. Nobody nobody knows what a goal against Chelsea looks like mm-hmm. in the Premier League, like at the moment.
1: Yeah, that's that and yeah. that's that's big for them. Um Yeah. They love that. Chelsea, they're gonna be scary this season. I mean we called yeah, it last yeah. season and we said they'll challenge for the title this year. I don't think that yeah. was that was a pretty, oh, particularly a take, uh, galaxy yeah. brain take. Quickly though, I'm gonna, props to Ben Leno. I think he made a couple of really good saves and he got a lot of shit last week. And I know that Arsenal signed Aaron Ramsdale and he will avenge the reason that they paid the course It's because he's not Emi
0: Martinez. It's because he's not Emi Martinez. Let's be honest. Yeah, two actually
1: got away with an absolute... He got away with one because of the... Callum Wilson got pulled for offside and by VAR doing the thing that they said they weren't going to do. Last, and they didn't bad, do it last week uh, and then just decided
0: bad it. miss for Callum Wilson as well sadly well to yeah, be honest though I it.
1: think that the, the VAR call on that for for offside was super harsh for Newcastle and they mm. got stung with one last week as well I think
0: although I'm kind of happy for Villa they bounced back with the win as well true in a sense Yeah, true. because yeah, yeah. Danny
1: Ings with an
0: absolute wonder goal
1: what a goal this was so clean I, I love Danny Ings man
0: yeah he's great isn't I
1: really want Dan- him to like I'm, I mean I was I was a little bit good he left Southampton to be honest because I really enjoyed him at Southampton but I think um Playing this Villa side, I'm really looking forward to that, and I just, I just hope he gets a well. I hope he gets a bag full of goals this season because I'm. It's l- the
0: perfect club for him. The configuration of the attackers and everything, mm-hmm. and great. the profile of the club, it's just, it's fantastic. Yeah, I love it.
1: But um, I feel for Newcastle though, especially after last week. But yeah, Chelsea completely deserved the win. Two wins in two, they are top of the table, level on points with Liverpool, Brighton, and Spurs. Oh, Liverpool, they're a good team, aren't they? Liverpool What's did that? all right. Before we get onto to Liverpool, though, let's quickly give a shout for Nuno Spurs. Listen to this. Played two. Won two. Drawn none. Lost none. Scored two. Conceded none. Goal difference two. Look at that symmetry. It's like, I don't know, double binary. <laughs> Instead of one's yeah, and zero's, yeah, yeah. it's twos and zero's. 2 I love that. Um, I think I'll
0: do a piece on Deli Alley actually, about players that are rejuvenated under new managers. It's only, it's only a couple of games, but... The thing with Nuno, the reason they're happy for him is there was always that question mark over him. There still is a bit, of course, because it's early days in the season. We know that Mourinho started very well last year, but, you know, he's coming to this job and he's clearly got the players on side, like doing what he wants to be doing. It's early days again, but really admirable what they've carved out. Only two games, but, you know, those are two impressive wins. About Harry Kane, Harry
1: Kane coming off the bench.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They could have scored with a later chance, but you know, all good.
1: Um, But yeah, that's a, that's a tidy win for, for Spurs that. It's nice. Yeah. Quick shout out for Liverpool, by the way.
0: And so Liverpool winning 2-0 against Burnley, uh, that's notable for a few reasons. First home game of the season in the Premier League. And there's no way, frankly, you listen to Liverpool, you listen to Anfield when it's, you know, got all those fans in there and you're like, there's no way that Liverpool lose five games in a row (laughs) at this ground with this, with this fan base. It just doesn't happen. No, So they're all delighted to be back. That's lovely to see. Beat Burnley 2-0. That's a game that's been a, a bit difficult for Liverpool in recent seasons. Well, primarily away, to be honest. But what I was most impressed about here, i like to talk about their second goal mm. because it really had some beautiful elements in it. You had Harvey Elliott there who'd started in a three. Gorgeous piece of control. Square pass into Trent as Arnold. sweeping the ball infield. A really nice kind of assist, like an inside right position and then to Mane and sweeps it in. And I saw that goal and I thought, See, that goal is a problem because that is a lot of moving parts Mm -hmm. working in sync who are maybe unfamiliar in terms of their relationships. Trent Alexander-Arnold take up a position I really like, the inside right channel, almost kind of an eight position. I'm obsessed with that, obviously. But Harvey Elliott just being superb and doing really great things. And we saw Curtis Jones do it as well. So, you know, this is a typical Klopp thing, isn't it? The Klopp thing of, we're not going to make massive signings and people are like, oh, like, well, apart from Kanate, who's just wonderful, that's a big signing. But apart from that, Liverpool, fairly quiet, transfer window. And you are like, oh, Liverpool are quiet. And then you forget they're not quiet because what Klopp does, of course, is just improve players by 20%. Like he always improves one player by 20% every summer.
1: Biggest departure from Liverpool this season was Klopp's glasses. Yes. And Shakiri. He's gone to Lyon. Looking forward to Shakiri actually playing regularly. That's a nice move for him. The thing about Klopp, that
0: statement he made about homophobia, homophobic chanting, one thing I love about him is his authority. And I thought about this this morning for no particular reason, just his legacy mm-hmm. at Liverpool. It's not about trophies. It's about so much more. It's about, yes, being a sort of a statesman-like figure, but also just, and this is something the Poch has as well, the ability to look around your dressing room, your academy, your youth team, your reserve team, whatever, and look and be like, I can use that. I can work with that. I can work with that. Like there was a point of last season it was like, I said to you, Curtis Jones just has to play every game, doesn't he at this point? There was a stretch mm-hmm. of, of games where obviously like, you know, fatigue and kicking, but, Curtis Jones' ability to progress the ball was thrilling and to retain it in the high of the field. And Harvey Ellis got that as well. You've got these two absolutely brilliant like, players who are forcing themselves into the conversation despite Liverpool's midfield being absolutely stacked.
1: Tidy starts to the season for Liverpool. Love it. Quick shout for Manchester City who were absolutely brilliant against Norwich. Yeah. A result you would expect though, and I think Norwich might be on the end of a few of these this season. And I think Pep has remembered that away game at Carrow Road where Norwich beat them. Which, was seeing, yeah, exactly. Which, like, I, I think Pep still loses sleep over that game. Jack Grealish's first goal for Manchester City, he knew nothing about it, but it went in. <laughs> um, they've got Arsenal next in the league. I think they'll probably beat Arsenal. And I think they'll go into the international break.
0: On a positive. Very much looking forward to the Leicester game I have
1: to say and seeing how they deal with Rodri this time. And then they, then they host Southampton. Then they've got Chelsea and Liverpool back to back both away. But really, really impressive from City. Who else were impressive? Southampton against Manchester United. We haven't even talked about that yet.
0: Yes, the Carl Anchor derby. The Anchor derby as I call it <laughs> because he worked obviously a pathetic covered the Southampton before doing United now. Um, one all. Southampton taking the lead. Taking the lead. Southampton's been a difficult fixture for United, um in the last few years, I would say. And it's
1: Yeah, the nine the nine nil was uh was really tricky.
0: <laughs> well that was such the funny thing about that was it was such an outlier given how they'd been with us before. They really gave us a tough time. I mean remember the season under Moyes when they came to Old Trafford and really gave Mm -hmm. us a hard time.
1: I mean, Um, there was like a couple of draws in there, a couple of like five goal thrillers. The 9-0 was a bit of an anomaly. Man United haven't really hammered Southampton since they came back in the league. Other than that, obviously. I never
0: approach a Southampton game thinking it will be straightforward. Mm. Ever, ever. And I have done that for a while. And again, in this game, really impressive. (laughs) The slightly frustrating thing with United is, and I commented on this before, we've talked about United's need for an elite young defensive midfielder for a long time Mm. now. Others made the comment, oh, there were injuries. It's like, look, with a squad of United's resources, you should have multiple options on the field and on the bench that can fill these gaps. And a midfield, I think McTominay was, you know, uh, there was fatigue. He was out. He missed out. Fred and Matic is not going to cut it. Mm. Fred and Matic is not going to cut it against Southampton because they will just run riot around you. You know, Fred brings the intensity, the energy, but Matic doesn't have the speed he doesn't have the legs and it's not his fault. It's not his fault, but he shouldn't be in that position. You fix that in the transfer window and you've got the money because you're spending money on Sancho and Varane. It's extremely strange. I think United have this problem. We still have this slight obsession with the marquee signing. Mm. And it's really frustrating Ryan, because it's like 99% of the wisdom and this is really harsh, but I'll say 99% of the transfer wisdom at Old Trafford is outside the door of the boardroom. Like, yes, you bought Sancho. Yes, you bought Varane, but that was low hanging fruit. That was low-hanging fruit. Varane wanted a new challenge. Sancho wanted to return to the UK. Yes, he pulled that move off and that's all great, but that was low-hanging fruit. You can't liberate all these brilliant attacking players if you don't have the infrastructure. Southampton, to their credit, was so intense. Their goal, the opening goal, was really a testament to that. Winning the ball up back in the final third, pushing on, a deflection coming off Fred, 1-0. And United, basically, after a good like first 15-20 minutes, really up against it, had to drag themselves back into it. Now, they get the equaliser. In between having all kinds of problems, I mean, for some reason, uh, Solskjaer played Greenwood out wide and Martial on the flank. Yeah, I thought even that was though weird, actually. It's extremely strange. I mean, Martial is an outside left wide forward at this point and nothing really more, mm-hmm. if I'm honest, in terms of his development. Greenwood a much more natural player and Greenwood's movement is so good centrally and Martial's movement isn't good centrally. It's just, it just is what it is. It's not a knock on Martial. It's just not what he is. And then after United looked quite good when Sancho comes on and Sancho really sort of shores up the right and one Bissaka looks quite excited. Maguire then had a you know, slightly eccentric 10 minutes, um, a period when, and that was partly the pressure that they put on, but also maybe his decision making wasn't the greatest. So the game ended actually in a place of parity. And the frustration for United was that, and this is what I said last week, United blew Leeds away because that's a good matchup for United, mm-hmm. right? That's a good matchup. That's why United can beat them like five, six goals and then go and revert to title the next week. And in many ways, this was the test this week and United failed it because this is the test that basically says, yes, we know you can beat Leeds like that, but can you kick on and put in some match control? And a team that is going for the title Puts in a Chelsea style performance at Southampton.
1: Southampton will take points off teams this season, especially now they've got a new manager in Ralph Shelby. R- yeah, the outfit, yeah. A point for Southampton by the order of the Peaky Blinders.
0: I'm it gave you. me so much joy to see him turn up with that little waistcoat yep. on. I was like, oh, this is really adorable. And the,
1: uh, the Grandad ah. chair as well, lovely. Um, All <laughs> right, quickly leads to Everton 2. It was a good game, this. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely a penalty on Dominic Calvert Lewin, who converted. Damari Gray. Scored a really good goal as well. Lovely Ruffin, finish, And then Rafinha yeah. with the goal of the game. was unbelievable. Another, for Brighton, another extreme victory that ended in an actual victory.
0: Good for them, actually. Nice win for them over Watford. Those are the points they'll need as well. Like those yeah, definitely. Are
1: the, they they yeah. have to, I think if Brighton are going to progress this season, the goal for them is still to stay in the league, I think. Yeah. That's the base level. But I think for yeah. them, if they can put away sides like Watford, sides who don't have the Premier League experience in the last few years that Brighton have had, don't maybe have as, as good a coach, for example, because I think Graham Potter's a really, really good coach. Yes. And just eke out points where they missed opportunities last season. They're going to be looking good. I mean, they've won their opening two games and they've only conceded one goal and they're, you know, they're level on points with the top of the, at the top of the league with Chelsea, Liverpool and Spurs. Yeah. Win the games that they were absolutely hammering sides in last season and didn't win. Yes. They're going to be a handful for a lot of sides. I agree before we go to a break quick shout out for Brentford point away at Palace undefeated after two games on their first Premier League season so shouts shouts to the bees. clean sheets yeah another clean sheet let's take a quick break
2: this episode is brought to you by State Farm
1: French Riviera. Let's do it. Seems very apt after our question last week that we had from Jordan Rizzieri on the malice in the palace stuff and the responsibility of fans.
0: What did you text me? The melee at the Palais. (laughs) Oh no. This was the melee at the Palais. Nice Marseille. This was genuinely quite worrying. Nice 1-0 up against Marseille 50 minutes to go and a bottle gets thrown at Dimitri Payet. With a
1: load of lighters as well.
0: And this has been happening the entire game. A lot of things were happening the entire game and Payet basically snaps. And I think either throws or kicks the bottle back, returns it to the
1: crowd with interest and is angry. Well, he hit hit him on the back of the neck and he went down and it looks pretty full because it looked like a load of water came out of it. And this was, you know, he was having a very good
0: game. There was some football that was actually played in this. Let's just quickly say, I was watching this game because I was impressed by the Nice win over Lille. And I really have to say that um, for a title challenge, regardless of what happened towards the end of the game, Nice have a lot of work to do because... Often they got exposed with Dante as the last defender and he's not the quickest. Debo's quite a position. Mm-hmm. They made a lot of joy in the inside left inside right flanks, Marseille. They looked very impressive in the first half. And when Nice did threaten, Mandanda looked brilliant in goal for mm-hmm. Marseille. Like, so in terms of the actual football, it was funny because Nice took the lead with Dolberg early in the second half. I was watching this game and it, the funny thing was that I was thinking, Nice have got something about them if they can absorb that much pressure because they took a lot of pressure. I mean, their attacking strength in the first half was limited to Justin Kluivert making the odd incursion and Dolberg threatening now and again. They weren't that cohesive in attack. But they took the lead and actually they're managing the game quite well after taking They managed the game fairly well for the next 20 minutes and then all hell broke loose. So back to that moment, the Piat gets the bottle thrown at him, it hits him, he goes down, he then gets up, I think flings it back into the crowd and then Nice supporters, who are like, ah, oh, he's taking the bait. Then hammer into the hoardings and there's a minimal minimal security there and a lot of these players you know a lot of these fans are like you know tops off like you know they're bare chested ready for it what was I was really concerned there was um, I don't know who it was the number 14 for Marseille it was Luan Perez who went over went and blessed him did a bit of peacekeeping I didn't get kind of got engulfed a bit but wasn't like jostled because he was like hands up hey guys like kind of chill but Guendouzi it was almost like Guendouzi took the bait which understandably and sort of charged in and was like, you know, what the hell are you doing to our players? And the fans were like, oh good. Like we got one of them angry. Let's parle in with interest. And it was totally, it was horrifying because at one point Ryan for about 30 seconds, I was like, these players have no idea mm. what these fans are capable of. Security completely lost control. And it was only, to be honest, it was credit to some of the Nice players as well, who helped kind of form a little bit of a kind of informal cord and some of the officials but you shouldn't have to rely on players and some of the kind of like, you know, non-playing staff to bring order to chaos.
1: Well, some some of the non-playing staff really didn't bring order to chaos. Well, one of them, one of of the Marseille guys who ran over and just absolutely lamped a Nice Ultra and then did a backwards jog and bounced Like nothing had happened.
0: Right. But the majority of people were trying to kind of bring order to
1: it. And it was like almost, this
0: is a horrifying mess And then, you know, Sampaoli was rightly frustrated. A lot of people commented on his anger. I'm like, I kind of get it because this has been going on for the entire game. So he then goes off and um, the Nice players try to restart the game because I think the rule, the regulation is basically like, if you don't come out and play, you lose the game. Mm -hmm. Nice get the game 3-0. But I was listening to the commentary in and It was like, they're already in the bus. Sampaoli's walked out with his, Mm -hmm. his luggage and he's like, no, get in the bus. You're not going back out into that. And I completely understand that, to be honest, from Marseille's perspective.
1: Well, I mean, they had so, yeah. that thing a couple of weeks ago against Montpellier as well. The Montpellier-Marseille game was was stopped because a load of stuff was being thrown from the Montpellier ultras. But I think the problem here was that actually what should have been a, a sign of like solidarity, if you like, between players, because no one wants this shit to happen. And the thing was, it got really, really dangerous extremely quickly. Yes, yes, yes. The fact that it then started kind of becoming a real scuffle between the players I thought was like, that's horrific. That was gnarly that, because, yeah, it, because it, did, it wasn't yeah, a play. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, like the, the Malice in the Palace thing, where it, it started with the players and then it went into the crowd. Like this was a player and a, and a, and a fan. Like, should Payet have launched a bottle back into the crowd? No. No, no. But this is what we said last week. Fans throwing bottles and lighters at people, don't do it. It's really, really dangerous. And you look up at that crowd and you see those,
0: those fans charging towards you with minimal security, holding them back. And like the owner, here's the thing, the owner of Nice, James Ratcliffe, is one of the richest men on the planet, right? If anyone can afford really good security, mm. it's James Ratcliffe, right? Like That is a, a shocking, no, it's not shocking. Shocking is the wrong word. It's an appalling, it's an unacceptable lack of security. It's absolutely unacceptable that players weren't safe in that environment. And the fact that players, you know, apparently, well, the, the fact that it seems like altercations happened off the field, that would explain why Marseille didn't want to come out and complete that game. Because they could have done with those, they could have done with a point in that match, but the fact they weren't coming out, it shows that relationships have broken down to point, you know, it's, it can't be repaired in the short term. So yeah, that's really grim, really grim.
1: But this is the thing that was really worrying was just that how quickly it just snapped and it could have got like extremely Bad. bad.
0: If a player had fallen over, had been caught in the crush or anything or just like uh, the wrong punch swings at the wrong time, like it, it's so really dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. So yeah. dangerous.
1: Uh, nice yeah. were awarded the, th- the win after the game restarted and the ref blew up for full time on 75 minutes. That was according to the league uh, rules. Marseille are probably going to protest that this week. So pretty ugly scenes in Liga this season. And the beneficiaries of that really have been PSG because all of their potential challenges are really, really stuttering all over the place. And PSG beat Brest 4-2 on Friday. They've obviously got the big boys to start coming back into the squad, make their debuts. Lyon drawing with Clermont Foot 3 all. Peter Bosch is not having a good start
0: Teams dropping points, they shouldn't be dropping.
1: This is it. Like PSG are getting a massive helping hand already this season and they, they're not even at anywhere near full strength yet. Bundesliga main story probably of the weekend was Jesse Marsh's first league win as RB Leipzig boss. and oh,
0: could be Freiburg beating Dortmund 2-1. But
1: Freiburg are a good football team.
0: They've been trouble there before. Yeah. yeah, they
1: are. Christian Streich is a very, very good football coach. And Marco Rosa was actually talking, he was actually really, really bigging him up before the game. I think Leipzig's 4-0 demolition, if you like, of Stuttgart was a little bit like, hmm, because... That's, that is a statement of victory. Well, also because it was, you know, I think it was the first time two American coaches have gone head-to-head in the Bundesliga. Oh, wow. My Stuttgart hot take lasted all of 48, no, 24 hours, 36 hours. Whereas my niece hot takes pretty good. Two clean sheets. Ha, 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 ha. Two clean sheets. (laughs) It was actually Musa paying the ultras. Musa was (laughs) just like, I'll cut you in on my striking out royalties.
0: Yeah. (laughs) 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 Shout out to Sopaslai. Sopaslai, who looked superb for Leipzig. Mm.
1: Bayern got out of trouble late. Uh, Jamal Musiali came on for the look. When when did they not? Yeah, Leroy Sané (laughs) at halftime. Leroy Sané didn't have a great game at all and was and was booed actually and whistled by the fans, which I thought was a shame. It's going to be a really, it's, this is a really pivotal season for his career, I think. And we'll obviously touch on that a lot more throughout the season. But you um, were I
0: didn't have a good game as a sentence I've been hearing too often in the yeah, last few years. Yeah, it months. really has.
1: Yeah. you um, can't find his place, can he? No. Uh, Serge Glamoury got the winner, assisted by Joshua Kimmich. As the Germans say, a doppelpack for Serge after Robert yeah. Lewandowski, who else, got the first. But Colin were good, man. Stefan Baumgart, his Köln side are uh, they looking all right? Take heart from that. They won the first game, obviously, but um, no, no one really expects to beat Bayern in Bayern unless you're like yeah. I don't know, Holstein Kiel, maybe. Yes, or Augsburg, Augsburg, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wolfsburger top.
0: But that's no surprise. That's what that's what they do. That's what they after do, though. This the, is after
1: crazy. all of the. It's really funny. I thought after all of the the like concern about uh, Mark van Bommel. Well, two out of two in the first game what first is more the peak,
0: what's more peak Wolfsburg than the Ben top Topper? Uh, one thing a quick shout for Lucas Mecha who bit of a name drop I went to a Wolfsburg event actually um, a couple of years ago and he was there and really worried about getting getting his place Aww. and he's done it yeah he was just really concerned about like you know between Man City and Wolfsburg and it's really nice to see a player and Kevin Mbappe was in a serious, uh, similar situation as well seeing players who aren't certain their career is going to kick on so I'm really happy for him he won the under-21s Germany in the summer and now he got the winner against Hertha although Wolfsburg do quite well at Hertha so
1: Uh, speaking of Hertha Atletico Madrid have reached an agreement in principle with Hertha BSC for the transfer of Mateus Cunha I really like that I think that could be a handy signing
0: for them although how many how many strikers do they want man Maybe it's kind of trying to do what Thomas Lamar is meant to do. Was no, that creativity and that like filling the half spaces. Well,
1: I mean, do you want to go to La Liga really, really quickly? And before let's we it, touch on the the best game in La Liga this weekend, um, you know, Atleti scraped a one nil win against Elche. Uh, Correa with the goal, lovely finish actually. Although he made it like really, really complicated for something that he should have just been banged in the back of the net after he'd gone I down think the keeper. Yeah, yeah. He
0: chopped it back. It didn't he like a Cruyff yeah. and got it back onto his, the outside of his right foot.
1: The really nice moment about that was that they got presented the trophy. And it was the first time fans had been able to properly see them with the trophy.
0: Lovely game from Rodrigo de Paul as well.
1: He's slid in
0: very, very nicely. I mean, but he's the most Atleti player that hadn't played for Atleti until that point. In fact, that's the question I've got now for listeners. Now that Rodrigo de Paul has gone to Atleti, who is the most Atleti player? Isn't it still Vardy? Yes. Is it still Vardy? I feel like Vardy's been overtaken. Do you by know some, who I think others. it might be? Who's that? Lukaku. Oh my God. Lukaku at Atleti. Oh, that's a dream. Be still my beating heart. Anyway, carry on. No,
1: that would have been so good. But yeah, Atleti, two and two to start the season. They're already out on their own in front. We're recording this ahead of Sevilla Getafe. Um, yeah. So Sevilla could go top or level on points with Atleti at the top of La Liga. But we need to talk about Levante because Levante had a massive say in the direction of the title race last season, taking a number of points off the top three. They're already at it this season. Levante three, Real Madrid three. This game was absolutely... La Liga (laughs) is back. You know what? A lot of people, a lot of people were hating La Liga is
0: back. This game gave us all the vitamins.
1: Gareth Bale opened the scoring after a Korean Benzema assist. Poor Gareth Bale man. He doesn't even get the props when he scores. Everyone ran over to Benzema. (laughs) It was Alaba that opened that up though. It was Alaba that did the work. That pass,
0: Alaba has slotted right into that team. Well,
1: yeah, but Real Madrid looked a mess at the back. But when do they not, well, actually that's not true. It's not true.
0: For the last year and a half, there's always been something a bit makeshift about them. End of last year, in defence in particular, they looked really good. Militao looked brilliant Mm -hmm. actually. But then again, maybe that's also Levante doing that to you. Levante apply a lot of pressure and I've been looking at this. So I was like, wait, they do this a lot. They did it to Atleti last year, beat them in key games. And I thought, how long have they been doing this for? And actually ever since Paco Lopez arrived, so they beat, when Paco Lopez took charge, it was in 2018, they beat Barca on the last two games mm. to stop them going unbeaten the entire mm. season. And it started there. And then I went back and looked over their results under Paco Lopez. Ryan, they very rarely get beaten. If they get beaten, they very rarely get beaten by more than two goals. Mm. It's really interesting. If they get beaten badly, it's either by a local rival like a Valencia where it's an emotional game or it's a team that does what they do a bit better. Not not a bit better, but like a team that basically looks at Levante's high intensity and just basically matches with brutality. It's a Getafe. But fundamentally, they don't really get drilled. They've they've only been like, under him, they've only broken negative goal difference in double figures once, like minus 11 last year. Apart from that, it's always like minus 6, minus 7. So basically, Levante are a team they're like one of those, like, um, it's like a mission impossible spy movies when like you're the bad guy fighting the bad guy and like, he's on the hull of the plane with you and you've got to throw him off at the last minute. Like they're always, they're there till the very, very end of the game. Their tenacity makes good teams look ordinary. Like I know that Real looked bad defensively, but if you look even at a sign of how good they are, if you look at the goal that Real scored, Vinicius 1st See how he chases Carvajal into the corner, the press he puts on Carvajal. Carvajal base has to throw. It was like watching a fighter plane beat like dogfighting. The way that he's pressed, that Carvajal's press into the corner, only an elite right back escapes that press. Mm. And then Casemiro plays an astonishing pass. One of the passes, very much like a Florian Nyhaus type through ball Mm. to Vinicius who scores. But the way that the Levante press works, it makes good defenders look ordinary, Mm. if that makes sense. That so I'm not even sh- was amazing, by the way. It was unbelievable. So I'm not even sure that Madrid's defence was that bad. I'm more inclined to think, and if you look at like Levante's second goal, for example, Campania's like
1: oh, volley. This was amazing because at first this I was like, amazing. oh my God, what?" I thought it was a half volley because he hit it so low to the ground. Like he let it drop almost yeah. to the floor. It was like, it was like the kind of equivalent, it's not the equivalent because it was like hitting it off the toe of the bat in cricket and, and it going for six. Right, and it's just like, right, right.
0: The, the timing is unreal. And this is the thing. Levante make you look bad because they're extremely efficient in decisive areas of the field. Mm. They make you look bad. Like they apply so much pressure. Like even when, you know, they put, they went two and up, two and up obviously on Real. Real had to fight back Then they get the three two and they should have had a four two. they hit the post, I think.
1: Yeah. At three um, two. Yeah. I can't remember who it was and we went around the keeper. Oh, Cantero, I think it was. Was it, I Cantero? it was
0: Cantero? I think it was Cantero at 3-2 like they they're brilliant and also you've got players like they've got the thing about Levante It's so impressive is they've got players like uh, Morales who has been there for so many games you've got this huge institutional memory at the club so you've got players who've been there either from the U system or been there for a while because they can't pay a huge amount they came for I think 14th in the league last year so they can't pay a huge amount of money to the players so they rely more on Mm. a bit like Abar they rely on team spirit they rely on the love for the community they're overshadowed by Valencia obviously as a bigger club in the region So they rely a lot more on like buying into it. And they're a bit like that kind of, I said this before, but they're like that Sunday league team that you turn up, they've been playing together for like six, seven years Mm -hmm. and they're always there and thereabouts. Levante. Couldn't stop Vinicius
1: Um, Junior's double though. His second goal was unbelievable. Oh
0: my God. Well, yeah, both finishes. I mentioned the Damara Gray finish. Damara Gray finish for Everton against Leeds was similar to his first. But his second goal was like, it was like Van Nistelrooy. Mm, it was so it was good. like peak Van Nistelrooy, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I can't remember, I can't remember who he was talking about. It, but it might have been Sid Lowe? It Romario-esque?
0: Yes, the, yes. The finish was so good that at first I thought it caught a deflection. Mm. I was, was, like, so I was good, shocked because I'm like, like, you don't hit that angle from there. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable strike. Can I say this as well? Really happy for Vinicius very quickly mm. because he had issues with Benzema last year. Oh yeah. And I saw Benzema running over like, and I was like, ah.
1: Oh, that's what. That's not so, yeah, uh, so, so happy now.
0: Interesting. There's a story arc for you.
1: Yeah. Then the real magic happened. I I got sent off, straight red for handling outside the box Can I say from It's this, this maybe it's my favourite red card of the season. I think. Yeah, it's one of my. It might be one of my favourite red cards ever. I think. It's, you know, I loved it so much. It, the reaction. Yeah. High eyebrows. Like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to oh, do? Well. Um, Ruben Vezo went in goal. <laughs> outfield player in goal, Klaxon. And love it, love it. Love to Real see it. Real Madrid didn't really have a, an opportunity after that. They had one it was quite wild late. shot. It was quite late though, wasn't it? It was late They had right six in.
0: full minutes. If in a different team, I'd been like, yeah, they had loads of time, but that team just, they have a, we noticed they have a thing about them. They just, <laughs> I laugh. I, 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 tweet, I tweeted, I think, they're the most disrespectful team in La Liga in the best possible way and I love them for it. Like, they're just, they're just not afraid of you. They want all the smoke go at you and they're not they're not dirty that's the thing they're not like Mm. they just play high intensity football and they play on the front foot and they play some great stuff too
1: yeah Uh, very very quickly Athletic club drawing one all with Barcelona at San Mames Inigo Martinez opened the scoring for Athletic
0: they were brilliant in the first half Athletic
1: I called it a nil-nil thrashing and I think it was I mean the first half they were absolutely superb good day for Depay bad day for Eric Garcia Eric Garcia had a torrid game Angry goal for Depay as well. It was an angry goal. It was very angry. Yeah. He's, he's it. sliding rather nicely at Barca. I think he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he looks like he wants to be the main guy. He doesn't look phased by it at all. I'm actually really happy for him. I hope it works out there. Yeah, very much. So. We need to go to Serie A before we wrap. Opening weekend of Serie A. Inter, hammering Genoa 4-0. Chalonolu Switching to the blue side of Milan, making his debut. Uh, assisted the first, scored the second. In 13 minutes, both of them. And played really, really, really well. Really well. Goal for Arturo Vidal and obviously Eden Dzeko right at the end scoring on his debut. Really good start for Simone. It was like Wesley
0: Schneider vibes. Like in terms of how he find his, found his spot in the side, he slotted so naturally into that, into team. Dzeko was just a great Great hire.
1: It's a very smart signing, actually, considering Extremely the financial smart. restraints that they've got. They did great business despite losing a couple of really, really key players in Lukaku and Hakimi, and also with Christian Eriksen not being available at the moment. But that midfield three of like Barella, Brozovic, and Chalanolu with then Arturo Vidal to come into that. Sometimes that's and a that, playing that, that off is a, That is an absolute. And sense m- he's back. That's a gnarly midfield. Sensi who I love. The first he was really yeah. good. It's it's going to be interesting to see whether the Conte factor or like the Conte not being there factor is... A, that could be the difference, but they looked pretty good against Genoa. They, they will face st- sterner tests than Genoa this season for sure. Yeah, yeah. But that is a really, really good opening day for Inter. Quick shout
0: out for Genoa. Goran Pandev extended his contract for another year. That's lovely. Keep, just
1: keep playing, Goran. That's right. Keep playing, please. Uh, Atalanta beat Torino 2-1 in Turin. Uh, Lazio... 3-1 against Empoli. Uh, Sass beat Hellas for Rona 3-2. Uh, Juve drawing 2-1 in Udinese. The thing that I found really interesting about this game actually was when Juve opened the scoring, uh, Paulo Dybala opened the scoring I think for Juve. Seemed like the whole stadium cheered. Super weird in Were well,
0: They're just happy to have people back there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Dybala opening the scoring and then assisted for Juan Quadrado. Yeah. Juve going to f- 2-0 within 25 minutes and they really did their best to, well, did they, or did Wojciech Czesny just have a, have a moment? He gave away the penalty, which Roberto Pereira put away.
0: Can I say this as well? The only consolation for Chesney after his um, foul for the penalty must be, at least I won't make a mistake worse than that in this game. And then he made a horrifying mistake for the second. One thing I want to mention very quickly as well, there's a slightly strange, like, Watford to Udinese pipeline. So you have, like, Delafoe of Pereira there, which is, yeah, which is funny. But, um... Udinese came back really well, but it was a self-inflicted wound. So they were 2-1 down at this point, Udinese. And, the, and then um, Chesney tries to play out, does a Cruyff turn to beat one man like in a sit-sharp box and tries to play at kick, gets pressed, and then they concede. And I just looked at this and just thought, you know, again, I don't like to go after individual players. I just thought this. was
1: Well, he'll know this was, that he awful. shouldn't have yeah, done yeah, that. Yeah, it was he, very should, he very much shouldn't have done that. And then, but yeah. just to concede,
0: you know what I mean, to concede that early, to concede those points this early in the season when other teams are like picking up wins. You know, it's just not the one, is it? It's not the one you want.
1: Cristiano Ronaldo came on as a substitute, headed the ball in in the fourth minute of stoppage time at the end of the game, took his shirt off to celebrate. Got booked because that was the rule. Officials allowed everyone to pile on and celebrate it. Got booked for taking a shirt off. The goal got ruled out by VAR for offside. You
0: know what the energy was there? The energy was like of a policeman walking into a rave. You know, like I've never seen, I've never seen a police walk into legal raid to break it up, but it felt like that. Just like watching the official, just go in and be like, everybody home, uh, everybody home. There
1: was a really, there was a quite a fun thing on the Dazone commentary of that in Germany where they were just like, you know, oh, there's the goal from Ronaldo and there is the six pack. Like it was almost like, well, yes, that's yes, what we yeah. Yeah, that was, And yeah. then it was just like, but it's offside. Sorry. Um, put that away. Quick shout for Napoli. Being Venezia yep. on Venezia's first game. Almost 20 years. Yeah, so. and they returned in the top fight. And Signe missed the penalty, scored a penalty. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> still
0: still, <laughs> holding,
1: on, still <laughs> holding on to that Catuso <laughs> energy. <laughs> Victor Rosiman was sent off after 23 minutes or a bit of a tussle with a Venezia defender. I thought it was probably fair, actually. He kind of went for it. It looked like a bit of a jab in the throat, didn't it? It looked quite nasty.
0: Yeah, it's frustrating for Napoli because, you know, they, they just missed that Champions League last year. Started well with a win, obviously, and Signe has just come back from winning the Euros, so he's, you know, he's in brilliant form. Uh, he's, he's going to be probably their touchstone again. But they need to kick on, I think, and they're in a position to do that. Actually, another team that needs to kick on, Lazio. Great win for them. Mm-hmm. Three win over Empoli. That game, and he's got like a Trojan scoreline where the actual game... The, the is deceptive as the actual match. So it's 3-1. It's a, it looks like a healthy margin, but actually Empoli were really quite good and caused a lot of problems and will cause problems
1: this season on that evidence. yeah. Um, Probably the story slash game of the weekend in Serie A was Roma's 3-1 win over Fiorentina. Yes, yes. Villa legend Jordan Veritu <laughs> scoring two for... Roma he's doing well at Roma doing well there he is doing well at Roma Tammy Abraham made his debut assisted Henrik Mkhitaryan for the first I love how both of Tammy's assists went to VAR yes so he got to like double celebrate them
0: he was locked can I go and say this? his confidence there was a moment the beginning the second half when he knocks it around one player and goes to the other side and collects it like he was doing all the full bag of tricks mm-hmm. all the footwork was there and I was like this man is playing with so much confidence mm-hmm. this guy could be a fan favourite a oh, big yeah. fan I- favourite standing ovation when he came yes. off hit the crossbar with a header but weirdly enough I'm, I'm really glad he got the second assist because to me that kind of like he had so much to show for the for the performance and he was decisive
1: yeah definitely we're going to talk more about Tammy on Wright's House on Wednesday um, really nice moment at halftime. Roma women paraded their Coppa Italia it was a really really nice moment some really good scenes there all the fans responded super well to that as well because obviously that was their first Coppa Italia however The moment of the game. Do you know what I'm going to say? I do not know. I think it was 1-0 Roma at the time. Ball goes out of play directly to Jose Mourinho, who leans over as if he's going to pick the ball up and just lets the ball go through his legs. (laughs) <laughs> there he is and I can't remember who it was there's a Fiorentina player who ran over and he clocked it and he was just like fucking Jose you're back you're Jose. back this is how it begins this is how it begins <laughs> so yeah we'll talk more about Tammy on Wright's house but that was a that was a very very good opening to the season for Roma um so yeah it's all coming back all good and like we said uh last week it will be all over the place for the first few weeks of the season but then we'll start to like focus on one league one week and then as the season week. finds its way we, we will find our way should we get out of here let's do it let's bounce we hope everyone's staying safe and well getting vaccinated if you can don't forget righty's house on Wednesday My always debut I'll be joining him and righty don't forget check the ringer.com forward slash soccer check Stadio Outro's place on Spotify speaking of which playing out this episode on full treatment by the couch because Romelu Lukaku gave Arsenal the full treatment Oh, he did indeed. <laughs> <laughs> As did Chelsea Football did Club. Yes, they did.
0: Anything you want to add, Musa? No, nothing further, Your Honour. The defence rests.
1: Musa defending <laughs> something no one has ever seen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Never will.
1: Much love, everyone. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then.